Hey there, and welcome to The Weekly Grind, a podcast where we work out the topics that shape and influence the culture, community, and church of today from a biblical perspective. I'm Ben, here with my pastor and good friend Chip. He's the lead pastor and the worship pastor at the Napoleon Church of the Nazarene. Today on the podcast, we talk about something that's near and dear to my heart. We talk about worship today and and what it means, how we live it out. How do we live a life of worship beyond corporate worship on Sunday mornings? And how does it help us to shape our thoughts and ideas throughout the week? This is The Weekly Grind. All right, well, Chip, today we are talking about something that is important to me. It's it's something that is one of our core values. So I'd yeah. say it's a pretty important to this church, and it's, it's pretty important to God. But it's something that I've spent the last really 10 years learning how to do and will probably spend the rest of my lifetime, will spend the rest of my lifetime and all of eternity doing it, and it's worship. Yeah, I think, you know, we've ended up having quite a few conversations about this yeah. over the last year or so. And I will tell you that in those conversations, in a sermon series that we did, I think it's become more and more real to me how important this is, um, how I need to allow it to frame the way I look at life. Mm -hmm. And I just, I've enjoyed, I've grown uh, through our conversations, through the sermon series we did on something that is super valuable, super important to kingdom people, right? Yeah. To Christians, Jesus followers. Yeah. And beyond that, it, it, it really transcends every person because the way we were designed, we were all designed and created to worship, yeah. to worship our creator. Hardwired, right? We are hardwired to worship something. That's right. And God's intent was for us to worship him. Yeah. But uh, all over culture, we see everybody worships something. And um, whether it's sports, whether it's movie stars, whether it's fame and fortune, whether success. it's success, we we aspire to be that, and that's what we worship. Yeah. Now, for believers, uh, we aspire to be like Christ, and so we find ourselves worshiping, worshiping the Father, worshiping the Godhead. Yeah, um, and I think it's just always this, but this real tension, right, that mm-hmm. as people created to worship, we are worshipers. Yeah, I, I love, I don't remember who said it, but basically what they said was, you will worship something. Yeah. You can't take a neutral position here. Yeah. You are worshiping something today, right? And so there's this tension of... Job, the, money. Yeah. Yeah, tension. Yeah. Uh, this tension of I'm wanting to worship something, the pull of all these things... And yet, allowing space and time and setting my life in a way that the primary thing that I worship is, um, is God. And yeah. I think it's just amazing how our Creator understood this. Mm-hmm. He, when He calls out His people, Israel first, right? We are His yeah. people now. Yeah. But when he's putting their culture together, what was primary, central to what they did? They came together 
every week to the tabernacle to the worship place as a people. Yeah, and in that there was this this uh, purpose of causing them mm-hmm. to worship Him. Yeah, because when I worship Him, then it sets all the other parameters of my life. Yeah, right. We still do that today. That's yeah. why we. That's one of the reasons why we meet weekly. We come together. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to come together as a people to corporately worship God and to set life in its proper perspective. Yeah. Right? And I liked how you said that because every Sunday morning we do, we come together to corporately worship. And that is one avenue of worship. One way that we worship is corporately as one body, but also throughout the week, the 167 hours of our week, um, you know, how are we... 168. Well, 168 total, but then, yeah. Good job. Then outside of that corporate setting... I thought your math was faulty. No, no. Uh, You got to pay attention. That's that's right. That's right. Um, But no, uh, those 167 hours, what are you doing to, to stay sharp, to... Um, you know, to be in tune with the Father. Right. Romans 12, 1. Yeah. The whole idea yeah. of this is, I, I urge you, brothers, yeah. to give your life because as you live a surrendered life, mm-hmm. everything all in, we talk about this a lot around here, right? As a um, people who believe in the purpose of God to make us holy, set apart, yeah. you know, Romans 12, 1, and it's, it finishes that by saying, this is your reasonable way to live, it's an act of worship. Yeah. So you're right. Our lives are an act of worship. Yeah. That one hour mm-hmm. hopefully energizes us. And of that hour, it's 20 minutes. Yeah. But, you know, in the... In the it creates energy, though. Yeah. It focuses us back into what God is wanting to create as a lifestyle yes. of worship. And it brings, it brings edification. It enc- encourages one another. We grow in that, um, like you say, it energizes. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that we we can't we can't forsake the corporate part. We can't just think that it's between me and God and whatever because no. that's totally not the way that that we've seen it lived out in the way that He calls always us to do has that. formed it right. Right. Um, but yeah, it, it allows us to stay on track. It allows us to stay. I thought united. you had a great. Um, illustrative point when we were talking about this right before we came on. Um, remember that story in the Old Testament where the children of Israel have been let out. Uh, Moses has gone up to Sinai, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> yeah. And he's receiving the... These people are literally just... I mean, they're delivered from from oppression, from Pharaoh. They've They've watched the miracles of God and and so they're they're led out into the wilderness, and all of a sudden they're 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 skeptical, they're untrustworthy, un, they're untrusting, they're they're not sure, they're wanting to almost go back because at least they know what to expect. Right there, yeah. So Moses goes up to, to right. Sinai, and um, they, they just again hardwired to worship something, yeah. and in a moment of uncertainty. Yeah. In a moment of despair, mm-hmm. they go back to what they've known, but 
they feel like in that moment, I have to worship something. Something's got to lift me up out of my circumstance. And what do they do? They like yeah. Start building a golden calf. A golden calf. I mean, yeah. in God's eyes, it's got to be so ridiculous, right? Yeah, it's funny. But I mean, you know, I, we laugh about it, but then how many golden calves do we have in our exactly society? Exactly right. And how, in my own, in our own lives, <laughs> does God look down and say, you are worshiping lesser things. Yeah. We live at this lesser existence. Yeah. And we think that those lesser things, and when we worship them, are going to bring mm-hmm. satisfaction. And yeah. all the while... You leave empty. You leave missing right. something. You are empty. It's feeling that it's something such a, else Such is a great word when it comes to this whole there. topic, empty. But in the worship of our Creator, in the space we create to adore Him... Because, right, isn't yeah. worship a part, praise? We're going to talk about praise here in adoration, a minute. Adoration, yeah. Is adoration that when yeah. I allow my heart to be filled with adoration and praise for Him, I don't leave empty. Yeah, one of my favorite definitions of worship is just ascribing worth. Yeah. Just breaking that down. Warren Wearsby yeah. um, talks about that. And and that's simply what we're doing. We're ascribing worth. We're we're it's things it's it's giving adoration to to the father for these things and unfortunately you know there's i've gotten this right in my life i've gotten it way wrong i've allowed myself to get distracted and almost to to worship things like sports teams and not that there's anything wrong with sports teams yeah. but when we allow our mind and in our just our habits to be consumed by the consumption of that and always wanting more of that. Like that's what that's what we're to do to, to when we pursue Christ. Right. Or even our identity or our sense of, of identity is a huge one. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> in how good my sports team does and it actually affects my disposition. Right? Like yeah. you have allowed your yeah. following of that to reach a level of worship of that. When the fact, if if the Iowa Hawkeyes lose on a Saturday, if I'm affected by that on Sunday, you might, yeah, I've crossed the line, right? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the last few years it's happened a little too often than it should have. <laughs> um, but that's one thing. Even in my life, I've realized I love the fact that I can follow yeah. uh, my sports teams, but I forget the next day what happened because yeah. it's just something that's a hobby. It's yeah. something that, and even 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 the, our number two and three priorities in our lives for for a lot of people. If you're married, if you have kids, these these would be your two and three priorities in your lives. I hope. But we and we've talked about it in the last few podcasts. Um, yeah. You know, in our marriage podcast, we talked about your second priority and and making your spouse your second priority instead of the kids, and and how just everything when when everything's properly properly aligned, how that. Um, just the health that comes from that, but um, how many of us seem to seem to flip those? Maybe maybe yeah, we're consumed so with with a, a a spouse or kids. Yeah, you know, um, your world just revolves around your kids, and yeah. and um, and in a sense, that's true as a father, and yet it's not true. Y- you know what I mean? Like I would, yeah. I'm living to provide for them. I, I would 
I would die for them in a second. Mm-hmm. I don't value myself above them. But what do you want most for your kids' lives over anything I want else? Them to worship Him. And if I'm not worshiping Him, there's no way they're going to worship Him. And you're right. Putting myself in an environment and creating habits and lifestyle choices that bring us as a family to worship mm. Him is is primary. Yeah. And you're right. I've seen a lot of families. That that's the end. Like family becomes the end. So I saw God is the end. I saw a quote this morning. I was kind of scrolling through Instagram this morning, and one of the churches I follow, one of the pastors said, um, he says, "You can preach what you know, but people will become what you are," or something like that. That's where good. we can say we can give lip service to the things that are important to us, but especially our kids and and leading our spouses or. or um, working alongside our spouses, people around us become and see um, what we actually are, not what we say is important to us. But yeah. putting your money where your mouth is and putting your time and your energy and your worship where your mouth is at. So in this whole conversation of worshiping, I, I think there's something today that we just want to talk about as a tool or a mm-hmm. way. It's something God's given us in His Word Yeah, um, that... That helps us worship. How do I get to a place where I live a lifestyle of worship? I think it's so cool um, in the Word how God uses this word praise mm-hmm. as a vehicle to worship, right? And I know this fires you up because you are a worship leader, yeah. And a part of your role, a part of your role, is to lead the congregation here in the praise of God, right? Primarily through music. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's such a valid conversation here that is scriptural. It's biblical. It's not, oh, that's interesting. I've observed this. No, you can't help but read through the Psalms and and realize, I mean, the Psalms are called yeah. the songbook of the whole Bible, yeah. right? Yeah. That there is this powerful um, thing called music that God uses, we were talking about this earlier, yes. music's transcendent, right? It really is. I might is. not speak the same language as somebody. Yeah. I might sit at a table where there's 10 different cultures, and we could turn the radio on, and all of us can experience something powerful yeah. through the vehicle of music, correct? I was, I was, uh, I was working in my, my shed. I'm building a shed, and I was working on that the other day, and I, I just was, yeah, I was listening to uh, Spotify, had my had a playlist on and I really it was just it wasn't a playlist I put together it was just one that was on there and um a song that I that I knew the words to came on in another language and it was so powerful yeah. just thinking of the people that um that song is reaching that is beyond sure English it's beyond yeah. language it's the message of Christ right and uh it was just neat. I just, I just started kind of like right now, just, just the emotion of just because it's the message. Right. Uh, I talk about this all the time on Sundays. What we sing shapes what we believe. Yeah. And so, you know, it's just it's so easy to get off track in our in our in our world and the things that come up day to day and as fast as life is moving, that we really need worship in our lives. And music, praise. Yes. I mean, come on. We schedule every week place, space, time in our services for music because we recognize as God designed all of us that 
we need to praise him. Music plays a huge part of that, right? It's a vehicle, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, it really is. And not just corporately. We were talking like even this week for me, I find in my own personal life, like I need through the week space for music Mm -hmm. that lifts me up. We've just started singing a song here at the church that I couldn't get out of my mind. And so I I turned it on. I played it eight times in a row. You know what it did, though, for me? It reframed... Your context, your situation, yes. wherever you it's were It's exactly at. what it's supposed to do. And it lifted my heart up in adoration mm-hmm. for who he is, for what he's done, for who I am in him. Yeah. And it provided the right context, perspective I needed to be then energized yeah. to live as a worshiper of him in all that I say and all that I do. And I think that's, uh, we, you know, we did a series, uh, mm-hmm. November, right? Yeah, this um, last fall. About the different words for praise in the Psalms, what we could see, experience, know about what praise looks like. And I've not forgotten that. It still frames, yeah. like even the Holy Spirit who inspired David and the other writers of the Psalms to write, they use different words for the word praise mm-hmm. instead of just the same word. They use these different meanings. Yeah. And it's like this diamond that has different sides. And this is what praise looks like. I mean, it even talked about things like your body moving in praise. Like part of praising God is extending my hands. Yeah. um, But we get that, right? How many of us watch a game? Mm -hmm. uh, (laughs) We all worship something, right? Right. It's just natural to who we are. Yeah. Like... When they score a touchdown, what happens in the whole stadium? Hands go up, man. Hands go up. Yeah. Because they're... Well, Clapping. Obviously, that's how we express yeah. adoration and praise. Yeah. And that's why he uses words in the Psalms like, extend your hands, lift your hands, allow your body to follow what your heart and mind are doing, and it's a complete mm-hmm. giving of yourself and adoration to God. And I think coming expectantly... Uh, especially in corporate worship, but also in your in your personal time, um, you know some of these words, whether it's an extension of hands or to you know to to be clamorously foolish or to or or all of Which these is things. Almost my favorite one <laughs> to clamor foolishly, but to kneel to uh, to just offer ex- extension of hand in thanksgiving. There's there's something important about about coming in ready position. I've shared this also. Yeah. I've shared this with uh, our students on Wednesday nights. Um, I said, hey, think about it. You know, you're, you are, you're with your team, and, and your coach is giving instruction. And he's, exp- he's showing you how to play defense. He's showing you how to, to move and how to do these things. And, and you're in ready position. Right. You're, expecting, you're, you're expecting something to happen. Right. You're not flat-footed. Your hands aren't in your pockets. That's you're, right. You know, you're, I mean, you're just, you're, your whole body language, everything about you says yeah. that you're ready. And My boys are playing baseball right now. And yeah. on every pitch. Yeah, that's right. All eight guys. Down and ready. Or seven guys, pitcher and catcher, obviously ready. What are they supposed to be? Down, Down and, ready. and ready. Yeah. Expecting and that's exactly, the ball. exactly, exactly. Expecting yeah. the ball. Yeah. yeah. And so what would happen when we, if we came in, every single person expectant 
in ready position, in one of these ready positions, that as we praise him, what happens? His presence inhabits the praises of his people. Mm -hmm. And isn't his presence what we need? Absolutely, we need it. I mean, the power of his spirit, the presence in our lives, that's what energizes and empowers us to live lives that look like Jesus. Mm -hmm. And praise is a vehicle that it ushers us into his presence in our heart and life. This happens corporately on Sundays. That's our goal. That's our hope. Uh, Those of you that attend NAPNAS that listen to this, I can tell you every week we are intentionally hoping that the music sets the stage for not only the Word of God, but brings the presence of God, what you and I so desperately need, into our service. We want you to leave having encountered His presence because we believe that is what will energize you um, to live out the life that He has for you. And, And not just that, but also often we come in broken, hurting, confused, mm-hmm. complex, and praise lifts us up into his presence. It causes us to focus on who he is, and it brings healing, does it not? I've yeah, sat really through does. services where I was hurting. I remember one clearly as an 18-year-old new Christian made a huge decision in my life that brought a lot of heartache. It was the right thing, but it broke my heart. And I remember sitting in a worship setting, and the, the, the praise of the music we were singing, uh, bringing his presence, that connection happened, and just the healing that happened in that moment for me. Yeah. And that's our hope, too, the presence of God healing you, strengthening you, encouraging you. Uh, and that happens through praise, yeah. which is a part of bringing us to worshiping him. Yeah, it's all it's it, it all goes just so beautifully hand in hand. You, when we when we pray, when we sing, when we're in the scriptures, you know, a lot of us um, we seem to emphasize, you know, read your Bible and pray every day. Read your Bible and pray. But what about singing a song to God? Absolutely. What about doing something that we will be doing for all of eternity? You know, when you read some of the giants. Mm-hmm. of the faith through the centuries, mm-hmm. people that we we aspire to follow because of the way they follow Jesus yeah, and the, the grace that their life just <laughs> saturated with and we are attracted to. How often have I read that a part of their devotional life was they would have a songbook with their Bible or they would create space before they started reading and praying yeah. for music, praise, lifting their heart up so that they could encounter the presence of God. Yeah. Um, again, the valid kingdom principle here we're talking about. And the people of God are people that are full of praise. Yeah. And I think for us, a diagnostic, a dashboard indicator is, has there been space in your life mm-hmm. to praise Him? Yes, absolutely, on a Sunday morning, right? But we're making space in your life on Sunday mornings. Yeah, we're helping you with that. We're helping. And there's something powerful about yeah. doing it together. That's, yeah. But in your week, have you created space to praise Him? Because praise will energize you 
to live a lifestyle of worship, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I love talking about this. Yeah, it's fun. And I think for me, I've grown in this in my own life, and I recognize the value, the necessity of praise. Um, and that's why, how often is that word used? And even in the, especially in the New Testament, praise, praise, yeah. praise, praise. Why? Because this is exactly what God wants to help us do to encounter his presence and to walk with him. It just helps us, helps us know him in a deeper way, in a richer right. way. That's right. It's a good, uh, good thing to talk about. I hope that you are encouraged to create space in your life for praise.